Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. If you were with us last week, you know we spent the entire week in Psalm 1. And it was kind of a surprise because we had first talked about doing three days in Psalm 1 and then two days in Psalm 2. Uh, and then we got so excited about Psalm 1 that we spent the whole week there. So now we're going to go into Psalm chapter 2. But before we do that, <clears throat> let's talk just a few moments about Psalm's place in the Bible. Uh, Mary, I've never known anyone who loved the scriptures as much as Mary Alice. She's getting ready for her first book by book uh, study on Matthew Wednesday night. And I know many of you are signed up for that. And, and uh, I, I catch her at four o'clock in the morning writing and studying for that. So Mary Alice, I know you love the scriptures so much. You love the, the different roles that different books in the Bible play. But a lot of people have the idea that Psalms is just a book of praise. But it's much more than that, isn't it? Absolutely. There's history. There's prophecy. Um, there, there are prayers that, you know, although they include praise, there's other things there. There are details in Psalms uh, having to do with stories in the Old Testament that we don't, details that we don't get in the That's original true. passage. That's true. Yeah, because there's uh, stories about Moses back in mm -hmm. the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to just key in on something that you talked about a moment ago, because you said Psalms is often a book of prophecy. And it's amazing when you go into the New Testament, how many quotations that New Testament writers make from the book of Psalms. But there are a number of psalms that contain prophecy that's even yet to be fulfilled. Right. Um, you know, uh, really, Psalms is a book of songs, and, and it's the biggest book of the Bible. Uh, there are 150 of the psalms. Uh, psalm 119 is pretty much the very middle of the Bible, either somewhere between Psalm 117 and Psalm 119. But uh, there are like praise psalms. There are songs that people sang on the way to worship. Those are called Psalms of Ascent. Uh, and then uh, there are blues songs. I did a series back, I think, in 2008 or nine called Blues, and it was on the, the, the lament psalms in the book. Uh, but probably the ones that excite me the most are what we call messianic psalms. These are psalms that talk about Jesus. Um, probably the, the apex of the book of Psalms in this uh, messianic psalm categorization would be Psalm 22, 23, and 24. Mm -hmm. The most famous of the psalms, Psalm 23, is right there in the middle of that trilogy. Psalm 22 is perhaps the most graphic depiction of crucifixion mm -hmm. that you'll find in the Bible. It says, they pierced my hands and my feet. And it talks about how the, the bones, you could count the bones, which would be something that would be true of someone who's being hung on a cross. What's amazing about that is that psalm was written 300 years before the Carthaginians invented crucifixion. So there, there are great prophecy psalms that are messianic in nature. <clears throat> and that's what we have with Psalm 2. It's a messianic psalm. And for that reason, I love it so much. But, but here's, here's the reason why Mary Alice, I want to talk to you about it today. It, it's almost like it was written to us in 2022. Uh, because, and we're going to get into that, not just today, but tomorrow and probably Wednesday if, if uh, we still don't get finished tomorrow. So let me re read the first part of this psalm. Uh, we're going to go through verse 5 today, and then we're going to talk about it. Okay, here it starts with a question, and it's really kind of a question that God is asking. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Well, who's the anointed one? Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Now, here's, here's, what, here's, the, here's the world's war chant against God. You know, we did, we've done two series called Clash of Dynasties, and we're about to do the third one leading up to Easter, Clash of Dynasties 3, the Easter prophecy. Um, so here we see the world's war chant. Let us break their chains 
they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. So what's God's response? I mean, the world is basically uh, saying, we're gonna beat God and we're gonna break his chains. Verse four says, but the one who rules in, the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. So Mary Alice, let's dive into this. The question that God is asking is, why is the world so angry at God? Do you see that anger building up against God, not just in the world, but in, in the United States in 2022? Absolutely. And one of the things that really jumped out to me is where in verse 3 it says, and free ourselves from slavery to God. And what we're told throughout the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, these people perceive the angry nations, they perceive that they're slaves of God. They're actually slaves to Satan. Yeah, that's true. And, and they want to free themselves from what they perceive to be slavery to God when really God is the one that offers them freedom. So they're in slavery, but they just misunderstand where the slavery comes right. from. You know, baby, you and I talk about this all the time. Um, you know, I've been preaching for a long time. Um, I preached my first sermon in what will be 50 years, uh, 50 years ago, comes next December. If someone were to ask me, what, what's the biggest difference that I see between audiences, say, 30, 40 years ago and audiences that I see today, it would be like the hostility that I sense in secular audiences against God. You know, um, in the old days, when I was speaking before a purely secular audience, I might get apathy and I might get uh, curiosity. But I know today when I have to step into a secular arena and they know that I'm a communicator for God, there's like this hostility that's there before I even get up to speak. And then sometimes I see that change as I get into the message and they really begin to understand who God is. But there's a, there's a hostility. I think once God and the scripture was completely extracted from our culture and people had been indoctrinated to believe that God is against them and that God is their enemy, it always reminds me of the illustration that you always talk about, uh, the the two fatal mistakes that people can make. Why don't you go over that? Well, I, I learned this a long time ago because um, I, I just watched a lot of life and, and I, I, I begin to say, well, the second worst you, mistake you can make is thinking that your friend, excuse thinking that your enemy is your friend. Mm -hmm. And people do that. And in fact, a lot of television shows are based on that. You know, mm -hmm. someone thinks that a person is their friend, but it turns out to be their enemy. And so that's the second worst mistake. And the reason why I think this illustration is powerful is because I think it's human nature to assume that's the worst. Mm -hmm. That's the worst Absolutely. mistake we can yeah. make is to think that someone, some we think someone's our friend, but they really are our enemy. That's a bad mistake. It's the second worst. But what I was learning as a young leader was the worst mistake you can make is to think that your friend is your enemy because there's someone there that's really available to help you someone who's there wanting to serve you, but you think that person is your And enemy. so you run from them. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, we, learn, we are living in a time where people are convinced that God is evil. Yeah. That's the, that's the picture Satan has painted, and a lot of people have bought into that. Well, it's prophetic in nature because we know from the scriptures that we're headed toward the tribulation. Not us. I mean, we've accepted Christ. We're headed for the rapture. But the rapture and the tribulation, you know, will happen simultaneously. In fact... The rapture is what kicks off the tribulation. So obviously, even though we're, we're headed for the rapture, we feel the tribulation coming. Mm -hmm. and, and even though we won't be there, it's on its way. And Satan's kingdom is going to appear to rule for at least three and a half years. But that brings me back to that phrase because 
And when I saw that phrase, I immediately thought of your illustration because the people want to free themselves from God, but the truth of the matter is God is the one that offers them freedom, and yet they're trying to break away from Him because they think He's their enemy. Which is cool because, you know, we're talking about this before the camera started rolling. God's like, why? I mean, you know, when God is so gracious and so good, he's provided a way to go to heaven through Jesus Christ. He, he is the one who gives us the sunshine in the day and the, and the darkness at night and the sun and the moon and the fruitful seasons the book of Acts talks about. God is so good to this world and God is in the heavens asking why would people see his goodness as chains? But that's true. And they want to break, they want to break the structure that God has set in the heavens uh, for the world, which is why we're seeing you know evolution being taught in the schools, you know there, and then we're even watching gender being questioned, and mm-hmm. and anyone who does give a biblical view is seen as the enemy. So here's the thing I want to get to today, because I, I, at the first part of this talk, I said um, this is really for 2022, mm-hmm. very very much. Do you think that? Christians today are really discouraged by when they see the world. Uh, it's hard to not be. It's hard to not be discouraged yeah. when you see the increased hostility, especially when those of us who are God followers, we're dedicated to helping people. Yeah. And yet we're seen as the enemy. I mean, there are a lot of us that just don't want to read the news anymore. That's true. But but here's the thing. This mm-hmm. is what's beautiful about today's, today's uh, part of the Psalm 2. The Bible says, He that sits in the heavens laughs it's not (laughs) god's not worried that these power sources that are raging against him are going to somehow win the bible says he that sits in the heaven laughs you know what that makes me think of you remember the old illustration and this probably a true story of the teenage boy who's just tired sick and tired of his parents rules in their house he's living there they're providing for him you know they put they put a roof over his head they give him food they give him clothes but he gets sick and tired of their regulations the rules that they have in the house so he decides he's going to rebel and he goes i'm going into the marine Corps. oh that happened to me yeah. at wyatt remember, oh, okay. right in high school oh, okay. because yeah there was a kid that came in one day i remember his old college name because he may still be alive but but he came into uh, speech class and he just uh he, he came in one day and just slammed his books on his desk and said, uh, I'm going to go join the Marines. And I asked him, I said, well, what are you going to do that for? He said, well, he said, uh, it's my old man. He's just driving me crazy. He said, I'm tired of taking orders. <laughs> so that's what, you know, when I think about, we laugh when we, because it's so ridiculous. It's going to be painful for that person. But I think about that when I see that God laughs because how ridic- it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. But here's the thing. This is what's beautiful to me. And it's not that we laugh at the destruction that's right. being done, but the idea that somehow this world's going to beat God, it gives us the idea that, you know what, we can be at peace about this because mm-hmm. the one up in heaven is not freaked out. No, he's There's not. no reason for you and me to be freaked out. That's right. You know? That's right. Well, we're going to stop right there. We're going to come back and talk about this again, Psalm 2, I think it's one of the most important Psalms in the Bible and definitely for our times. But Marilyn said, it isn't easy living in these times. I mean, we see the world get darker and darker and we're, we're brokenhearted by the damage that this wickedness is, the effect it's having, especially on young people and kids mm-hmm. in our world today. So why don't you pray for us as we close out? Absolutely. Let's pray. Oh, Father, as we live in these difficult and dark days, we know that your power is not diminished. And we're here representing you. And I just pray that you'd help us to be bright light shining in this dark world. Uh, Give us the courage to continue to follow you and to continue to represent you well and not um, 
succumb to the pressures of this world and not to fear the hostilities because uh, help us to remember father that it's not um, personal they're they're really against you and you're you're so much powerful more powerful than satan and any of his forces and i just pray that you would encourage our hearts even today with that truth thank you father for providing your word thank you that at least to this day we still have access and we can read and and be comforted by and encouraged by your word on a daily basis thank you for providing that for us father and for each and every person who's watching or listening today and each and every family that's represented i pray that you would bring special encouragement to them today whether they're facing sickness or or pressures or financial concerns whatever is going on in the lives of those that are are in our Noah's window community i just pray that you would be very close to them and provide answers provide the needs that are there provide healing and comfort and encouragement father we're just looking to you because you are the source of all that we need and you are the one that loves us and the last thing we want to do is run from you or even turn away from you or even to doubt you father i just pray that you would um, bring your holy spirit to be powerful in our hearts and lives today we're going to give you all the praise and the glory and we just look forward to the future because we know there is a bright future ahead and we thank you for all that you've done and we ask all this in jesus name amen well thanks for joining us today on noah's window we're going to be right back tomorrow god willing to talk about psalm 2. and in the meantime if you haven't read this psalm it just takes a few minutes uh why don't you just get your bible and read this entire psalm and when we get cranked up tomorrow uh you'll be ready to go and tomorrow, Mary Alice, we're going to be talking about the millennial kingdom where Jesus mm. rules on the earth for a thousand years, which I know is one of your favorite topics. <laughs> so we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Noah's Window. By the way, we love your comments. They mean yes. a lot to Mary Alice and me, and uh, we, read, we read them to each other, and, and your encouragement uh, is, is big to us. In fact, it's the reason why we've kept Noah's Window going. Absolutely. Share your prayer requests with us oh, as yeah. well, and we'll, we'll be checking in the comments below, or if you text talk to us to 97,000, we'll get that prayer request to our whole prayer team, and they'll be praying for you as well. Sounds great. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. See you soon.